It's the Esports Connected podcast, where we welcome members of the Esports Trade Association to share their experiences in the world of esports and gaming. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. Rohan Bose, welcome to the Esports Trade Association Esports Connected podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate you having me. I'm loving the background. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. So I'm located in, in Dallas, Texas. And so I was just kind of going through Google, trying to find some some nice images to show where I am and, and have a nice kind of lighting setup as well. You know, it's not too dark and get, gives you a nice view of the downtown Dallas. So It's a great city. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. You know, I've been here over 20 years now. Grew up in the area, went to high school in a suburb north of Dallas and then went to school at UT Dallas. So, you know, it's it's been home for a little while now. For sure. And and that's when you got into esports. You were at an event in Dallas, is that right? That's right. Yeah, I went to a, a Dallas Startup Week event. It was hosted by Infinite Esports up in Frisco, Texas. I believe it was back in 2018. That was my first kind of exposure to esports as an industry. They had, you know, kind of a, a networking and, and educational panel um, that featured several prominent speakers. And it was very eye-opening, you know, when they started talking about just kind of the number of people watching esports and participating and things like that. And you know, my, my background is, is business valuation. And at the time I was working for a firm that specialized in traditional sports valuations. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of expand both my capabilities as well as the firm's capabilities and see if we could get into esports as well. Being in Dallas too, it's a bit of an esports hub. You know, there's several very large prominent esports related entities here in the area. And so you know, hoping to kind of develop those relationships and, and you know, get to know esports a bit better through them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that you've made your way through our, you've just been a, a wonderful member of the Esports Trade Association. You've joined us as a speaker. You've been very generous. You serve on, I believe, the membership community, That's our right. committee, and provide evaluations for our members. Tell me a little bit about evaluations. I mean, I know they're very broad in range. I know that I, well, I know that you've worked for a firm that did some evaluations even for the Shark Tank businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And I I would imagine the range of getting your business evaluated is very vast. So tell us. Yeah, like you said, it's very broad. You know, there's so many different reasons you would need a a, a business valuation, right? It could be anywhere from you just want to get an idea of where your business is at a a certain point in time. You know, maybe there's some sort of shareholder event. Someone wants to exit the company, something like that. It could be as serious as, you know, divorce or litigation and things like that as well. And, you know, like, there, there are, you know, I guess a wide range of services that, that can be provided, right? Evaluation for, you know, just to get an idea of kind of how your business is running, where you are is a lot less time intensive and a lot less complicated than one, for example, for a litigation where, you know, multiple sets of lawyers looking at documents and just you have to cross every T and dot every I and just make sure everything's up to par. The, the time, I guess, kind of also varies, you know, based on on the type of valuation you need. Some of them can be knocked out in a couple of weeks and I've worked on projects that took 
upwards of eight months. It just kind of depends. So when is a good time to get your business evaluated? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, it's obviously up to the, the, the business owners themselves, but, you know, my recommendation would be if, if you're looking to, you know, for investors and, and kind of want to set a, a good price point, right? You don't want to undervalue yourself, yourself, but you also, you know, don't want to throw out some numbers that are just way too high that people are going to laugh at and, you know, without even really taking you seriously. So I think that that's one point. Another is, you know, if you're kind of reorganizing a company and want to give some equity compensation to some employees, right? In order to figure out how much those shares are worth, you're going to need a valuation. And so that's another kind of scenario I could see my services being used. Yeah, you know, there's other, you know, if you're just kind of curious as to how your business is operating right now, right? 2020 was obviously a, a weird year for everyone. And so, you know, how did 2020 compare to, to 1918, 17? And, you know, where are some areas that maybe you, you learned something, you approved and can kind of move forward and take that with you into 2021 and continue to get better as a business. What are investors looking for when they're looking at your valuation? Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing for investors, right, risk and growth are, are the two primary components in, in really any investment. And so risk meaning, you know, how am I going to make my money back? You know, is it a very stable company where, you know, the, the income's pretty predictable and, you know, I, I, I know what this company is going to do for the next five, 10 years, or, you know, is it, we need a couple things to hit and then, you know, this company is going to take off and it's do, do really well. So risk and then growth is, you know, just how much potential does this company have, right? What's your target market? If it's a product, how many units can you sell in a given period? And what does that look like over the next few years? And how do you kind of expand and, and diversify your offerings as well? And going back to the, the risk standpoint too, you know, there's the whole sources of revenue, right? And I think most investors prefer a, a recurring source of revenue of some sort. So could be, you know, some sort of subscription model where you have a set number of, of customers or clients that are paying you monthly or quarterly, whatever it is, but it's it's a kind of predictable recurring revenue that kind of lowers your risk profile a little bit as from an investor standpoint. And then, you know, there's the flip side to that with the high growth, you know, you have one thing that just hits really well and you're you know, selling hundreds of thousands of units of it, and but it's, it's a one-time thing, right? And that's not as predictable depending on the investors and, you know, kind of what they're looking for. A little bit more hesitant, maybe, to to look at those types of companies. So, what are you seeing as far as your customers, clients? I know there's some people in you know the esports trade association that are hiring you. What what are you seeing as far as some esports trends? What's happening over in your world? Yeah, so I think I think the the biggest thing I've noticed is you know just kind of an increased awareness in in esports, right? You're seeing so many large brands trying to get into it, and so how do we best do that? And I think a lot of companies are are learning that you you know you have to do it in kind of an authentic manner. And so, you know, what are what are some companies that can help us connect with the esports space in an authentic manner? And so 
merchandising and, and kind of apparel companies that are that are out there that are doing a great job and really knocking out of the park and I think are seeing a lot of interest in their their products and and their business to be fair and then you know there's just so many ways to kind of approach esports too right like it's not just the games you know it's clothing it's the stuff that that you know participants consume whether it's food drink whatever it might be then there's you know the whole kind of accessory market as well right headphones controllers other accessories like that and then platforms as well right you know there's so many different ways to become visible in esports and gaming you know so what are what are some tools and platforms you're using there to to get that kind of exposure yeah this whole evaluation we, you know when i first heard about what you did i thought why not have the esports trade association get one tell me what the key points and the takeaways are of a business evaluation Sure. Yeah. So I think it's it's just really getting to understand this business from the inside out. You know, a typical business valuation, you're interviewing management, you're kind of getting an idea of the operations and you're trying to kind of get the best picture you can as an analyst of the business. And, you know, obviously you, you're not working for that company or you haven't been an employee of the company, but you're really trying to get kind of that inside look. And, and provide a, a nice perspective and, and kind of idea of what the business does and, and how it operates. And so you, you, you have to have a real understanding of, you know, each specific company that you work with. And, you know, the process starts with kind of information gathering. You know, there's the basic financial statements that you're looking at just to get a, a picture financially of, of where the company is. And then it's also understanding kind of from an operation and qualitative standpoint, you know, what sets this specific company apart from its peers? Where is it the same? How can it improve or what does it do better than, than its peers? And then, you know, depending on, on you know, kind of the services requested, it, it could end with a, a written report, you know, kind of documenting here's where you are from a financial standpoint, here's where you are from a kind of company standpoint both within your industry as well as kind of the broader market overall. And then, you know, here's a, here's a, a value or a range of numbers um, that are a best estimate of kind of your financial results. I see on Shark Tank, the sharks sometimes just rolling over in their seat about evaluations. What's, what's going on with that? Yeah, so I think I mean when you're an owner of a company, you you obviously you spend a lot of time and effort and in, in building that company. And so sometimes I think you're a little bit maybe optimistic. And so the figures that that get kind of thrown out, I think, are 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 very emotionally tied. And so having a valuation from kind of an independent third party that would have a, a more objective look can be really helpful, right? Because, you know, if I started a business, I'd, I'd be over the moon about it and I'd be really excited about it. And, you know, I, I might value myself too highly. And so, you know, asking for, you know, $100,000 for a 1% stake, and <laughs> that's probably not realistic based on, you know, kind of how my business is, has been running and, and things like that. So I think uh, evaluation can be really helpful in getting kind of an objective third-party independent look at, you know, your business and outside look. So do you watch Shark Tank? Occasionally. I haven't in a while. I think part of it is 
I, I can't remember which channel it's on. And I, I also haven't had cable in a while. Uh, sure. So I'm not entirely sure. I haven't watched Shark Tank in a little while. Okay. So one of the things I see sometimes is just all of them are like, where did you get this number? You know, and it's so obviously so off because mm-hmm. the sharks, when they all are on the same page, you know, sure. they know. Right. You, I mean, and you see that quite regularly. I can't imagine, you know, going on to Shark Tank without hiring someone like you first. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fair point. You know, obviously you really want to have a good idea of where your business is and, and how you're operating. And, you know, I brought it up before, but I think it's just extreme optimism, right? You know, you, you're too in the weeds to kind of have an objective look and, and kind of a higher level look than, you know, is probably necessary. If you're going on Shark Tank, you know, they don't have any relationship with the company or or that person. And so, it's just from a dollars and cents standpoint, you know, does this make sense for me as a shark? That's all they care about is how am I going to make my money if I do invest in this company? And so right. if you can't show them, you know, a path to profitability or, you know, hopefully maybe you're already profitable, but how do you increase those profits? How are you generating additional revenue and things like that? It's just, it's not going to, I guess, be a pleasant interaction with the sharks. So we're emulating a little bit of a shark tank experience here over at the Esports Trade Association for our conference in March. And we have the opportunity for our members to pitch. Not only that, I think it's so important to have your 90-second pitch ready in your video when we had our member coffee. I think you were there the other day. We had one member that has his pitch ready, and then he added it into his his signature. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I think it's it's really helpful to be prepared. And, you know, we're in such a virtual environment now anyway. A video pitch is probably going to be the first time someone gets introduced to your company. And so if you're able to explain your company well and what you do and how, how you do it, I think that's great. And not only that, you know, in, in kind of Putting together your video pitch, I think it, it really provides an opportunity to companies to kind of internally analyze themselves and, and figure out, you know, what what are our best attributes, right? And, you know, maybe where can we improve? And I think it's a, it's a helpful kind of exercise in that sense, too, to kind of get an idea and, and you know, figure out as a business where you are. Yeah, so this should be very exciting. I believe it's March 23rd. And 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 you're probably providing evaluations for some of our members. I hope you are. I, I'd be happy to. On the verge of, I guess, accepting a new role for my full-time work. I guess details to be announced shortly. Well, this has been very interesting. Thank you, Rohan. What do you sure. think is coming in 2021? What are you seeing? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of very interesting things, both from an industry standpoint, as well as just kind of from a personal and professional standpoint. You know, esports industry, I think, you know, during 2020 got a good amount of increased exposure and, and interest in the industry. And so I think, 
there's been some lessons learned from the last year that I, I, I think are, are going to be implemented in 2021. And, you know, hopefully kind of in the second half of the year, we can start having those in-person events again. And you start to see kind of a, a rebound in, in, you know, kind of esports as a kind of community and, and you know, just an event-based industry. From a professional standpoint, I'm about to begin as an associate at Technos Associates. You know, they're involved in, in valuation and consulting for esports technology and cryptocurrency. And so I think it's a very interesting firm. Um, I'm excited to, to get started and hopefully can help help the esports industry and continue to kind of do my financial consulting and, and help the industry that way. And then in addition to that, there's a startup company I've been doing some work with as well called NutriGamer, um, hoping to launch in April and I think has a, a very exciting and interesting product. And, you know, I'm really excited about kind of where NutriGamer can go. It's a, a powdered drink mix that's a healthy alternative to your traditional energy drinks that, you know, you see cans of everywhere, lower caffeine content, sugar-free organic ingredients. And so I think a much better alternative to some of the things that are on the market right now, being led by some really accomplished and exciting people. And so I think a company that has a lot of potential. So yeah, I think 2021 is going to be an exciting time and there's going to be some some fun stuff happening. Yes. You have really made an impact and a contribution to so many of our members. We're so grateful for you. You've given so much good advice and it's just awesome to have a business evaluator, you know, right here, right now in an, in an economy like this, where investors want to get in our space and they want to mm-hmm. get in authentically. They want to get in with great people and our members need evaluations. We want them ready you know, for success when, when the phone rings. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think probably the best thing anyone can do is, is just be prepared, right? You don't know when that next opportunity will happen or where it'll come from, but the better prepared someone can be, you know, just the better it's going to work out for them. Yeah, that's so interesting. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So grew up in the Dallas area, went to high school in, in Plano, Texas, and then went to college at the University of Texas at Dallas, which, if I'm not mistaken, has a very up and coming esports program. So that's exciting. Yes. And, you know, always wanted to work in finance, you know, interned at a local hedge fund and in kind of equity research and learned a lot, but also learned that that world wasn't really for me. And then, you know, started exploring other kind of avenues to, to get into finance, came across business valuation. There was a posting on UTD's career website that looked really interesting when I had applied, got the job. And then since then, I've been involved in valuation since I graduated. You know, I've worked for a handful of firms since then, and they've all been, you know, good learning opportunities and, you know, taken away different things from each one. My previous firm specialized in traditional sports valuations, right? So I've had the the opportunity to value NFL, MLB, and NBA franchises. I'm a big sports nut. And so for me, that was extremely exciting getting to get a peek behind the curtain and see how these teams operate, uh, especially from a kind of financial standpoint. And, you know, got to meet some obviously really interesting people as well. Not every day you can pick up the phone and talk to the CFO of an NFL team. You know, that's always exciting. And then... Being here in Dallas, you know, we touched on it previously, but 
went to a Dallas Startup Week event, got introduced to the esports industry. I, I've been a gamer, you know, since I was little. You know, I think started with an N64 when I was six, seven years old. And then, you know, kind of worked my way up from there, if you will. So been gaming, you know, a good chunk of my life and I've always really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then getting exposed to, you know, just how big the industry is and, and kind of where esports fits in within kind of that gaming ecosystem was really, really neat. So what do you do when you're not evaluating? <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I appreciate and I hear the passion and that, you know, that really comes through. And, um, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, I, it's sports and it's gaming, but tell me a little bit more. Yeah. So I've been playing soccer since I was five years old. And so to the extent that I can, I still try to play on, on weekends. At one point, I had an indoor team that I was kind of coaching, managing and playing for. But then, you know, with the pandemic and everything, stuff got kind of shifted and, and rescheduled. Other than that, I've started getting into the sports trading card market a little bit. You know, being a, a sports nut, you know, it's just it's been really fascinating to me just to kind of track that industry and, and kind of see what's going on there. And so that's kind of I'd call it more of a hobby than a than a side business. But I've been flipping sports cards in my free time. Other than that, you know, just reading and, and watching sports. You know, Dallas Stars are probably my favorite team to watch and, and observe and follow. And then, you know, obviously in the esports scene, you know, you have Envy, you have Complexity here, you have Hector Rodriguez with his his Call of Duty team here. And if I'm not mistaken, for the 2021 Call of Duty League season, there's going to be, I think, four teams in, in DFW just due to internet reasons and things like that. So Excited to see how that kind of plays out and see if I can maybe run into some of those people on the street or something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you what are you seeing as some trends in esports? Yeah, I think you know, just uh, an increased public awareness is, is the biggest thing for me, right? My sister will ask me about esports and she's probably the least plugged in person, you know, just not interested in, in sports at all and it's not one of her interests, but, you know, I think she's also here in Dallas. And so she's seeing, you know, kind of increased marketing and then an increased presence of the industry in the area. And so, you know, I think that's one of my biggest things is, you know, family members that don't really have any involvement or, or interest or background in the industry are, are generally aware of it. And then, you know, I, I have an, I guess, kind of international background. My parents are from Grew up, born and raised in India, and then, you know, came here. I was born in the U.S. So talking to family members outside of the country about esports and kind of what that looks like on an international level. And that's been really interesting as well. You know, obviously, my cousins and those family members are all kind of within my age range and, and so have a better awareness awareness of esports, but then, you know, talking to their parents and my aunts, uncles, grandparents, or, you know, kind of the, the older generations and them, you know, asking questions about esports has, has really been, I think, kind of the most exciting thing. For me. So I'm hearing that multi-generations are asking you from multiple countries, you know, yeah. from your sister to your grandparents, what are you yeah. telling them about esports? 
Yes, yeah, so obviously you have to tailor the ex- explanation a sure. little bit, right? One person can work an iPad and the other other needs needs a little bit of help. But yeah, I, I think it's the the simplest explanation I can come up with is you know it's it's competitive gaming where you know participants are competing for for money, and you know the team members or individuals might be compensated by an organization or most likely are compensated by an organization as well. And then, you know, there's extra kind of avenues that they have to earn money from sponsorships and kind of appearances and things like that as well. So, you know, it's a very dynamic industry and one that, you know, it's, it's not just some kid, you know, sitting behind a screen playing video games, right? It's a lot more to that. There's a lot of kind of production that goes into it. There's a lot of training and practice and, you know, just getting to know a specific game really well and literally better than anyone else in the world. You know, helping them understand that, you know, esports athletes are are just as involved and practicing just as much and training just as much as, you know, athletes from traditional sports. It's, It's not just playing video games. There's a more kind of competitive aspect to it. So when you explained this, to say your parents or your grandparents or your sister was there any part of you that was explaining yourself when you were playing and (laughs) was there like that completion of this circle perhaps yeah I think maybe a little bit I don't know that I was very aware of you know I guess kind of the competitive scene and and, you know the, the path to pro if you will when I was growing up, you know, I, I'd heard of people maybe kind of testing video games and getting paid to to play video games that way because, you know, they were testing a product. I don't think I really heard of, of people, you know, becoming professional gamers until probably, you know, closer to end of high school and, and early college time was when I, I kind of became more aware of, of that possibility. And so I don't know that... <laughs> me explaining, you know, to my parents and grandparents that the reason I played, you know, Madden 10 hours a day was because I wanted to become a pro is more, I just really enjoyed it and like playing with my friends and the social aspect of it, right? You know, just getting to hang out with your buddies for an extended period of time. Did you have limits on your play? Uh, Yeah, yeah. We definitely had screen time limits and, you know, kept the consoles in a different room that was, you know, easily monitored by my parents and things like that. I don't know that there was like a hard time limit. It was more just, you know, parents at some point would say, all right, you know, turn it off and let's go do something else. That's kind of how our household worked. So just your, your, your respectable balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, I, I, I grew up in the time where parents would encourage you to get, get off the computer or, get away from the screen and go outside for a little while. I don't know for sure, but I imagine that might be flipping a little bit these days where, you know, the the increased screen time isn't necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, just exposing yourself to to different video games and and learning and kind of practicing isn't as, as frowned upon, I guess. There's an old saying, if there was a book that parents could read, and how to raise a child and succeed. <laughs> I think they all would. There's just, 
Then there's yeah, there's so many different ways, right? Yeah, and you know, there's so many different circumstances and, and things like that. You know, yeah, there's no one set recipe or, or kind of methodology that you can use. I think every situation's unique, and you, know, you just have to kind of do the best you can. Um, obviously, extremely appreciative of my parents and, and the job they did. I'd like to think they did pretty well, and so yeah, you know, it's it's definitely an interesting kind of learning experience I'm sure well it's really neat to bring your love for gaming and play Mm -hmm. to business evaluations will you be focusing just in the esports industry or do Uh, you work in any others yeah so the the company I'm going to is a little bit more broad than that they do have a focus in esports and gaming and that's one area they're really looking to build out and hopefully I can be a a big part of that. But, you know, there's other industries that they're focused on as well. You know, for example, cryptocurrency and biotechnology are other areas of of focus. You know, it's there, it's a, it's a firm out of California. They kind of grew up in the, the startup world. And so very much focused on kind of high tech, high growth companies with you know, a lot of potential and, and, you know, that are looking to hopefully IPO in the not too distant future. So it's, it's a very interesting opportunity and one that I think, you know, obviously esports and gaming will be a big part of. It's great to hear that you've joined Technos and all the support that you'll be providing our pitches, March 22nd and 23rd. Technos has been a great sponsor, supporter, member, And having you part of the team is just awesome. Congratulations. We look forward to those pitches on March 22nd and 23rd. Thank you, Rohan Bose with Technos. Thank you for listening. The Esports Connected Podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. If you love what you hear, please be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. 